0: Thank you so much. Praise God. I have too many microphones up here. Uh, Can you turn me down a little bit up there, please? Uh, Can dear brother go up there and turn his monitors down a little bit? Well, I'm glad that uh, Brother Jack was here and uh, he mentioned the Bryan Baptist Association, Terrell Suggs, a very good friend of mine, The Brian Baptist Association and they do a wonderful work they used to help us uh, a lot during the time that we had Joshua House they were very encouraging to us and they were a support you know they had the guys working there sometimes and and that was great so we we do want to encourage you to be able to help uh, Brother Jack and you know we giving is a wonderful thing God has allowed us to to do that and you know God gives us to us so much that we can, you know, we can give to him, amen. And uh, that's part of the ministry. That's how the ministry goes forth and and is able to continue. Now, I want you to open your Bibles to First Peter, chapter three. Yes, Frank, I'm preaching on Peter again. First Peter, chapter three, and we're going to see verse eighteen to twenty-two. And 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 the message today is the vindication of suffering. Amen. And I want to tell you that uh, the amazing thing about preaching verse by verse through the through the book of the Bible, uh, as we've been doing in the epistle written to a group of Christians that were scattered in Asia Minor, uh, they were undergoing a tremendous suffering uh, for their faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, when you take a book of the Bible and work your way through it, it's, uh, it's hard because you cannot skip over the difficult passages. Amen? You've got to be able to go and preach uh, to the difficult passages. It's just a tremendous challenge. And, and, and I mean, it's, it's something we have to deal with as, as preachers or as pastors. And uh, about this particular passage, Martin Luther, the reformer, said... Uh, a wonderful text it is, and the most obscure passage, perhaps, than any other in the New Testament. And so, I do not know with a certainty what Peter means. Now, that's difficult for a preacher to say. Amen. <laughs> so, I wish that uh, Peter would have put an asterisk or a footnote to give explanation of what this passage meant. Nevertheless, uh, we're going to read the passage. Are you there? First Peter chapter 3. Verse 18, will you stand for the reading of the word of God this morning? Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? I mean, if that worship didn't light your fire, your wood is wet, amen? So let me tell you, for Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God uh, waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism does also, not the putting away of the filth of flesh." Good conscience towards God uh, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Who is gone unto heaven and is on the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto Him. Amen. So Lord, we just come to you right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, uh, I just pray that your spirit will impart this world. Let it be you that preaches, Lord, and not I. Let your word be imparted to your people today. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. And you may be seated in the house of the Lord. Now, out of this passage, uh, various teachings have come about. One of the teachings uh, the, Catholic, uh, the Roman Catholic Church teaches is the apostolic creed that Jesus Christ descended into Hades or hell and that uh, he went and preached to those spirits that uh, died uh, before Jesus Christ and that in that doing that he gave him kind of a second chance to be able to be saved and uh, in liberal theological circles uh, the teaching of universalism has come and and I'm going to tell you that this uh, teaching is very very wrong but I'm going to explain to you and I'm going to inform you of what universalism teaches. Universalism teaches that uh, every person, including the devil and demons, will eventually be saved because of the cross of Christ. That Christ loves us so much that He wouldn't let any of us suffer in hell. That's what universalism teaches. Now, you may take that and uh, go witness to a person that believes that. Amen? Amen. Another teaching that has come out of this text is that baptism saves us. And uh, the word there is the Latin word which means ex apparato, by the very thing. The teaching says that baptism, that Jesus uh, mechanically uh, works when we are baptized and and, and through the baptismal font, uh, we receive salvation. This is another teaching that has come out of this passage. And all you Christ for the Nations know who Augustine is. Uh, Students and and, and graduates know this uh, very well. And uh, and, uh, let me tell you that when we work through this passage, I want you to keep in mind the major theme of the letter. And it's difficult to interpret this passage, but nevertheless, we're going to do it. The major theme of the letter, which is Christ suffering his death, on the cross, and the vindication by God through the resurrection and through His exaltation of, or, over all the powers of heaven and earth. This is what we're looking at. And this is true in the life of every believer. Now listen to me. If you have suffered at work or if you have suffered at school or if you are suffering with a family member because of what you believe in Jesus Christ, then I want to tell you and I want to encourage you and assure you that God will someday vindicate you. Amen? And that's what we're trying to teach today. The suffering and the ministry of Christ. What Christ did on the cross for us. So, so let's work our way through the passage. And uh, verse 18 is, 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 is talking about here, uh, as, as we read it, uh, that He might bring us to God, uh, being put to death in the flesh. Now listen... If we do not read the text in context, it becomes a pretext. And a lot of people that read the Bible, a lot of people that read the Bible take the Bible and you can make anything of the world that you want out of the Bible. You know, religious sects takes passages from the Bible. Do you understand? They take uh, passages from the Bible and they isolate them from the big picture. And they start uh, making... uh, assumptions and things that aren't really being said in the Word of God. And they, you know, they take these things and they start to believe them and they start to teach them and people start to stray away from the truth of God. Amen? That's why I like expository preaching because it tells us what the Bible says. And uh, I want you to understand that verse 18 here is talking about the ministry of Christ. And we are going to see two examples... Uh, of the ministry of Christ. If you would see verse 19, by which also he went, this is where it gets difficult, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Uh, Peter is focusing here on the ministry of Jesus. Uh, Christ died a substitutionary death uh, for us in verse 18, and then he went and preached to the spirits in prison. And the word there, the Greek word there is periharmatia. The translation is used to describe the sin offering, the innocent dying in place of all the guilty. And he did it in order to bring us, and the word that bring us, it means one who escorts someone into the presence of the king. He died in order to bring us or to escort us in, 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 into the presence of the king. Listen, in the first century, come here, Israel. Come here, please. And you, Kyle, and you, come here. Right, stand right there. Come here. You stand right here. And you stand right here. Face me. Come here. Okay. In the first century, you had to have an entree an escort. And, you know, they would take you through the guards. And if you didn't have an escort, you couldn't come into the room where the king was. Somebody had to take you by the hand and lead you. Thank you, guys. Lead you to where the king was. Amen? And this is why Jesus Christ died for us. To be able to escort us into heaven into the Father, to God, to God the King. We, he takes us, listen, there is no more sacrificial atonement. Atonement means something that's covered. And the only one, listen, there was a time when there was only one person that could go into the temple, and that was the high priest. Once a year, he would go in there and make propitiation for the sins. He would sprinkle the blood on the lid, and he and, and, and would make propitiation and atonement for the sins for the year for that people. And then the temple was divided into men in one part of the chamber. And then they had another chamber for women. And then they had another uh, chamber for Gentiles. And the women couldn't come into the presence of God, nor the Gentiles, But the Bible says that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, that the veil of the church was ripped from top to bottom, and there is no longer no need for atonement. Jesus Christ was the propitiation for our sins. Amen? We don't need nothing else except Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand that. This passage has been uh, very difficult, you know, to To a lot of people throughout the church age. Uh, Christ died for us on the cross. And and that's one time forever. We don't need to bury and resurrect Christ again. Amen. Now let me tell you. There was people in the old temple. In the old testament. That if they had a deformity. Or some kind of mental physical uh, thing. They couldn't go in the presence of the Lord. They couldn't go because... You know, there was no, there was no uh, forgiveness of that. There was no forgiveness of sin. So there was a lot of law in place, and they couldn't do that. Let me give you a second thing. We are looking at the ministry of Jesus. He preached, in, cha- in verse 19 he says, he w- by which he also went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Now this is where it gets very, very hard. Uh, he preached to the disobedient. Now, Here is the question. Who are the spirits in prison? To whom does this passage refer to? To unbelievers who have died? To Old Testament believers who died? Or to fallen, demonic, angelic kind of beings? Which does this passage refer to? And what did Christ preach? Because the verb translated there is keruso in the Greek. And it's used to make a proclamation of what Christ preached. Did he preach a second chance, an opportunity to repent to those who were living in the days of Noah? Or did he preach the completion of his redemptive work for us? Or did he preach a kind of condemnation to those angelic beings who were in rebellion? Come on. And when did he preach? When did he preach? I mean, when was the time that he preached? During his death, his resurrection, or while, while he was still dead? Did he preach in the days of Noah, or through Noah, or did he preach between his death, resurrection, descending into hell? Did he preach after his resurrection? So, all these questions are going to be answered to us today. And Dr. Greg C. will come and give us an explanation of the passage. Amen? Will you welcome him as he comes? Amen? <laughs> I'm just kidding, Greg. These are the issues involved throughout time of the church. There has been attempts uh, to interpret the passage. And, and I'm telling you, Augustine was one of the ones, uh, one of the greatest theologians, you know, after the uh, Apostle, uh, Apostle Paul whoever produced by the church. And Augustine, watch this, said that Christ preached through Noah. Amen? So he's preaching through me right now. Amen? That when Noah preached to the disobedient generation during the days before the flood, it was actually the Spirit of Christ who was preaching to them. And listen, for 120 years... For 120 years, Noah preached, repent, 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 and the people never listen. They hardened their heart, and they never listen. Now, I want you to understand this passage, and I want you to, you know, bear with me, and, 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 and I want you to understand it, because it's important. Listen, they disobeyed God, they hardened their hearts, and now... Even Peter writes and says they're imprisoned in darkness forever. Now, it's it's important that we read this in the Bible. Let's go to First Peter. First Peter 1. And we're going to read... Just turn a couple of pages. Amen? Come on. Stay with me. Amen? Now, it says... We're going to read... Uh, uh, chapter one, ten and 11, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or, or what of time the spirits of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the suffering of Christ. Now, the primary responsibility of uh, as your pastor right now is for me not to entertain you or to tell you something good to feel about yourself my primary responsibility and my job is to make sure that i preach what the bible says that is why i'm here not for any other reason now listen now what it's saying here uh, that Noah was preaching in the days of disobedience, and when the ark was being prepared, that it was really Christ preaching to the spirits. And for this reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, so they may be judged according to man in regard to the body, but live in God regard to the spirit. So he's talking about people who one time heard the gospel, and now are dead. Now, remember, I'm taking you to different, uh, different uh, things that have been said about this passage. And in the end, we're going to see what it says. So these people who received the word and rejected the word of God, while Noah preached, now they're in prison, in hell, separated from God forever. Now, in the 16th century, there was a reformer named Calvin. You guys might be familiar with him. Now Calvin talks about Christ preaching between His death and resurrection. Between His death and resurrection. Christ entered into Hades, into the realm of the dead. And, you know, He preached to those people that had died uh, before Christ. And and He kind of gave them a second chance. And then, you know, they were able to have salvation that way. And that's what Calvin... Uh, interprets this verse as, you know. So you're learning a little bit of theology, uh, and a little bit, uh, well, we're getting into the Old Testament also as well. In other words, between his death and resurrection, Christ descended into the realm of the dead, in which the Jewish people in the first century believed contained two compartments. One was Abraham's bosom, and one was Hades, which was hell. And we saw that in, in the passage of Lazarus, uh, when, when, when he died, and, and went to uh, heaven, and, and then the rich man uh, went, uh, you know, uh, to uh, to Hades, where he was tormented, and uh, he could see him, you know, and, and the man would say, you know, wet the tip of your finger, and put it in my tongue, so that I can quench this thirst, and stuff, so that passage is reiter- reiterated there, and it's kind of telling us uh, a little bit about that, and uh, so, uh, Calvin is saying that Jesus did this through his resurrection and entering into the place of comfort. And he said to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the saints who had died anticipating a risen Savior, you know, I have come, I have died, and now I'm here. I'm taking you home, guys. That's what Calvin believes that Jesus Christ did. Now, is that what Jesus Christ did? Well, let's see. Have you ever had a test and you have A, B, C, D, and then on the very bottom you have all of the above? Have you ever had a test like that? Well, we're dealing with something like this today. Calvin would say that Ephesians 4 is a commentary on what Peter said. So let's go to Ephesians 4 here real quick. I'm not going to take you, I'm not going to take too long. I mean, I know Ben's barbecue is still going to be there and everything. And, uh, by the way, the best place to eat is Ben's barbecue. (laughs) Amen. Uh, Ephesians 4, and we're going to see verse 8, 9, and 10. Are you there? Just saying, mm-hmm. Amen. Okay. So, wherefore he, he said, when he ascended up on high, he let captivity captive. Okay, and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended? So, it's biblical. First into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the same also who ascended, up far above all heavens, that he might feel all things. And he gave some... Okay, and then it goes into the gifts. Uh, but this is where they get this. And, and Calvin would say that uh, this would be a commentary on what Peter was was actually writing. That's why it's so difficult that, that this passage gets uh, a little bit of controversy. Uh, Now let me take you to one more passage. And listen, I want to take you through the passages of the Bible. And I always do because I want you to understand what God is saying in His Word. Now we're looking at the ministry of Jesus and what it is that He did when the Bible states that He went and preached to the spirits in prison. Amen? Have you ever heard that verse before? I mean, I'm sure you guys at school talk about it all the time. But uh, I want you to know and understand this, Amen. So uh, go with me to Second Peter, one more time. Second Peter, don't go to sleep on me, Amen. Second Peter two: four. For if God spare not the angels who send, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spare not the old world, but save Noah and the eight persons. Uh, preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So now we see that it changes into preaching to the old testament saints and preaching. Remember, we're looking at who Christ preached to when he descended. And so, we saw that he, he preached to the Old Testament uh, saints, and, and he told them, listen, the, the, the work of re- the redemptive work is done, come with me, it's time to go home. And then, we saw that, <clears throat> that he might have been preaching to angelic beings that were cast down into hell, or into Hades, and were held in prisons. So, this verse is then for if God spare not the angels who send, and... <clears throat> there's another translation that says the sons of God. So when you talked about angels, you talk about the sons of God. So let me give you this. Go one book before Revelation, which is Jude 1.6. And I want you to see this. This is expository preaching. You know, I rather preach out of the Bible... Than preach out of my own mind or say something that is not stated in the Bible. Amen? I mean, I know a lot of preachers are good. I know a lot of preachers can be very enthusiastic and put on a very good show, but they don't really tell you what the Bible states. Amen? So, <clears throat> I want you to look at Jude 1 and verse 6. Amen? And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. And then he says uh, about Sodom and Gomorrah, that there are two all reserved. But uh, see, and the angels who did not keep their position of authority, but abandoned their own home, these he kept bound with everlasting chains. So, Now we see the position turning that Christ may have been talking to these spirits or these angels that are in chain reserved for the judgment. You see that? Demonic, angelic beings which are reserved for the judgment. And this is what uh, the Hebrew word for the sons of God is, Beneha Elohim. Beneha Elohim, the sons of God. Now, I'm going I'm to take you to one more scripture, and then I'm going to come to a landing. Amen? We're not going to crash. Job 1.6. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. It's like the revival that we're having, and a man had a heart attack, and, uh, you know, the preacher called... Uh, the preacher called the paramedics and the paramedics came and they dragged half of the church out before they found a guy who had a heart attack. Amen. God forbid that happens to River of Life Christian Fellowship. Amen. All right. Now there was a day when the sons of God okay, came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. So here we see the sons of God being the angels. And God descended and told them, God's judgment awaits you. So that's what we're looking at. We're looking at Christ descending into into Hades and saying, listen, I have completed the work on the cross and now judgment awaits you. And I want to ask you today, the ministry of Jesus Christ, as he ascended into heaven, but he also died... And while he was dead, he went into a place where you don't have to go. That's why you're not welcome in hell. hell, Because hell wasn't made for you. Hell was made for the people, the unbelievers, and those people that will never accept Christ. That's who hell is made for. Do you understand? For the angelic beings and for the devil himself. Amen? And so are you really serious about following... Jesus. I mean, have you made a commitment to Jesus or do you just come to church when you want to? Because the ultimate thing is what are you doing for Christ? Because Christ has already done something for you. And at the end, we're going to have to answer and give an account to the Lord just like these people. Just like this disobedient batch of people that are reserved for damnation. I surely don't want to be one of those. Amen? And I know you don't want to be one of those. God loves you. In the 1800s, when the gospel first came uh, through William Carey to India, the story is told of a young man who renounced Hinduism and uh, embraced Jesus Christ. And the story is told that he, uh, he was baptized and in that time, uh, if you were baptized and and uh, they found out about it, I mean you were as good as dead, and they say that they got this uh I would say he was kind of a college young man, and they bound him in a fence and and they took spears and they and they and they threw spears at him, and they took the spear and they first said, "Renounce Christ and he said. I have decided to follow Jesus. And they threw a spear and it hit him. And they asked him, renounce Jesus. And he said, I have decided to follow Jesus. And they got another spear and they threw it. And it pierced his heart. And his final words were this, and it's become a popular hymn. And he said, no turning back, no turning back. Now, when you accepted Christ, are you going to turn back now? God loves you, and he wants you. Pastor Casey, can you come? All heads bowed, all eyes closed in this place. This is what Peter is saying. Christ suffered with God. And God vindicated him. Noah suffered, but God vindicated him as well. And you may suffer, but God will vindicate you. If we die with him, we will also live with him. And I want to ask you today, have you made a righteous decision to accept Christ as your Lord? And is is he really Lord of your life? Or is this just a particular act once in a while? Because as Christ comes, becomes Lord of your life, nothing else matters. And nothing else will matter on that day. Believe me. He will be the only one that matters. So if there's anybody today within the sound of my voice that does not know the Lord as your personal Savior, I mean, I'm telling you, these people are reserved, these angels and, and people are reserved for eternal judgment for the day of damnation and in that day we're not going to be able to do anything but who we really are and what we really did Christ loves you and he wants to save you so you need him today please come this is a time